Colossians chapter 1. Let me go ahead and read that verse. It's verse number 14. Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 14. And then we'll continue on. Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 14. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. There was a loud knock on the door. And Martin and Gracia Burnham, American New Tribes missionaries to Philippines, were at a resort called Das Palmas Resort there in the Philippines. And before daybreak that day on the 27th of May, 2001, they heard that on their door. And it got more and more violent. They roused out of their sleep, staggered to the door, and gunmen entered the door. Islamic terrorists took them captive, along with 18 other people that were there at the resort. And for the next year, over a year, they were in the captivity of these terrorists. The terrorists, about four weeks later, captured four other people, so there was a total of 24 people altogether that they had captured. The Abu Sayyaf demanded huge ransoms for each one that they captured, particularly the Americans. They said Americans should pay the most. They wanted a million U.S. dollars for the Americans. But remember now, this was in May of 2001. Three and a half months later, Islamic terrorists plowed into the Twin Towers in New York. And America turned very strongly anti-terrorist and didn't want to pay any ransoms to anybody for anything. They wanted justice. And as a result, the Burnhams stayed there in captivity for over a year. As they were there in captivity during that torturous time, their group constantly moved through the jungles to escape the military trying to find them. As soon as the military would come close to them and there'd be a gun battle and they'd take off running and run half of the night or three quarters of the night until they got to a new location and they could collapse on the ground and rest a bit. They went through starvation and Torment of all sorts during those long months. Throughout that whole ordeal, those 24 captives, 14 of them were ransomed. Someone paid the money demanded, and they were redeemed. As a result, they were released. Three of them were executed because of one reason or another. They didn't get along well. Three of them were left for dead. I assume that they survived and got off, but they were left as if they were dead. One escaped, which was amazing. And then in the final gun battle, the military had snuck up on them, and they usually didn't fight at night, but they snuck up on them, and there was a great gun battle. And during that gun battle, two of the captives were killed. One of them was was Martin Grace, uh, Martin Burnham and another woman. There was only three captives left at that time. Martin was killed in the gun battle, 
The other woman was killed in the gun battle, and Gracia was wounded. But eventually she was rescued. She was the only surviving rescuer that rescued the whole ordeal after 12 and a half months in captivity. You can read the whole story if you want more details in Gracia's Burnham's book called In the Presence of Mine Enemies. It's a very interesting book. But those terrorists required someone to redeem their captives. Someone had to pay the ransom. Someone had to come up with the money demanded in order for them to be released. It's an excellent picture of the plight that the human race is in. Shortly after creation, we know the story of Genesis chapter 3, that Satan, the ultimate terrorist of all, deceived Eve and then Adam into disobeying God. And as a result, he took them captive and the entire human race captive. And there was no escape. The ransom that was demanded was not to be paid to Satan. But the great great ransom for our soul is a ransom that had to be paid to God Almighty. There's no escaping Satan's captivity and ultimate doom without being redeemed by a priceless ransom. That priceless ransom, God said, was nothing less than the perfect, spotless blood of Jesus Christ. Nothing else could pay that ransom. No amount of money by the millions or billions could possibly save a soul from hell. Only the blood of Jesus Christ. We saw here in Colossians chapter 1, verse 14, it says, In whom we have redemption through his blood. Redemption. Redemption is to be redeemed. To have someone pay your ransom. To have someone pay that debt so that you can be set free. And Jesus Christ, the perfect Lamb of God, paid that price for us. Now last week we talked about propitiation. Propitiation is that payment that he made. Propitiation is that blood sacrifice that Christ gave of himself to pay a debt that we could not possibly pay. So the propitiation was the payment for our release and our redemption. By doing that for us, Christ is able to completely satisfy the righteous judgment of God against our sin. Propitiation is that priceless ransom to rescue us from the grip of Satan. This morning I want to explain what that offer of ransom for us has to do with you and me. As we consider the topic of redemption, and we find first of all that it offers us Christ's redemption from the terrorist. He redeemed us from the terrorist. The greatest of all terrorists, Satan himself, holds us humans captive. And you know, all around in our community, 
There are people everywhere. All our neighbors, many of our, the, the people that we meet in the stores, they are being held captive by Satan, the great terrorist of all humans. And he is holding them in his grip. He doesn't want to let them go. And they cannot escape without the payment being made. And so it is with each of us. When we came into this world, we came into this world as sinners. Held in grip by the devil himself. Many falsely believe that God created everyone as the children of God. No, we weren't all children of God. In fact, the Bible tells us from Jesus' own words, when he spoke to the most religious people of his day, of all things. I mean, you could see Jesus maybe saying this to the publicans, the, the people that were the known sinners of their day, or the harlots, or the people that are really bad. But no, Jesus spoke to the religious people of his day, the cream of the crop, and he said unto them in, in John chapter 8 and verse 44, he said, Ye are of your father, the devil. The lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth. Because there's no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he's a liar and the father of it. We read also in Matthew chapter 13, verse 38, that Jesus called the other unbelievers the children of the wicked one. In Acts chapter 13, verse number 10, Paul called a wicked man that he was dealing with, that was interrupting his witness. He called him a child of the devil. And so we see throughout Scripture that God lets us know that as humans, we've got a problem. We're not the children of God by nature. We're not born into this world as children of God. Yes, God created us, but we're not the children of God in the sense of his family. But we're instead the children of the devil. We're held in captivity by the terrorist. And because we're born sinners with an active sin nature, we began life in captivity. Captive to a terrorist that wasn't going to let us go. He holds us in his grip. And Christ's redemption releases Satan's grip. That is a wonderful truth that Christ's blood propitiation paid the ransom in full. When he died on the cross and paid our propitiation, he paid it in full, completely paid. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, we read, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he, Christ, also himself took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Jesus Christ, through his blood, paid the redemption price. God's message of salvation to those in bondage is this. These are the words that the Lord spoke to the Apostle Paul when he first was saved. He said, I've got a job for you, Paul. And that job is really the job all of us have. To open their eyes and to turn them from the darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them that are sanctified by faith that is in Christ. That's our job as believers. 
God says, I want you to turn the unbelievers from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. I want them to be able to be set free from the bondage of sin and the bondage of Satan. Believers are no longer in bondage to Satan. It's a wonderful truth. If you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you're no longer bound by Satan. Christ set you free. That is a wonderful truth. For our eternity, that's a wonderful truth. But it's also a wonderful truth for our daily existence. If you truly trust in Christ, you've been set free. But the next thing we see here that it offers us is that not only did Christ's redemption deliver us from the terrorists, but also Christ's redemption, he redeemed us from the torment that was ahead. Hell is the destiny of Satan and his angels. You know, hell's not just a figment of our imagination. It's not just something that people use as a curse word. Hell is a reality. And you see in Jesus' story that he told in Luke chapter 16, he said there in Luke 16, he told the story of, of a rich man and Lazarus. The rich man is traditionally known as Dives. And this man had everything that this world had to offer. But he didn't have Christ. And the poor beggar had nothing in this world. But he did have Christ. And when they both died, the rich man went to hell. And the poor beggar went to be with the Lord. And God shows us in this here the reality of hell. It is a real place. Because of the evil rebellion of this of Satan and his angels, they are going to suffer torment in hell forever. Jesus made this comment in Matthew 25, verse 41. He says, Then shall he say to them on the left hand, now he's talking about unbelievers, he says he's going to say to the unbelievers that are on his left hand, Depart from me, cursed into everlasting fire, note these words, prepared for the devil and his angels. God has prepared Everlasting fire in hell for the devil and his angels. But all those who are under his grip are going to join him in that terrible destination. And that's why it's our job to try to rescue them from the grip of Satan before it's too late. Because if we don't rescue them, if we don't help them to become redeemed, to have that ransom paid for them. Oh, it's already paid, but they've got to apply it. Until that ransom is delivered to them, they can't be set free. Sadly, all who fail to ask God to redeem them by the blood of Christ, they're going to go to that terrible torment. And Christ's blood redeems from the hell's torment. For the joy of redeeming your soul, Christ died for you. Some some of the most amazing verses here in the Bible is Hebrews chapter 2 or 12 and verse 2. Hebrews 12.2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy, the joy, the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despised the shame. That means he thought nothing of it. It's just, it's no big deal. I'm not going to let that bother me. He despised the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
Jesus Christ, he said, for the joy that was set before him. What joy? The joy of seeing us ransomed and redeemed. He loves you. And he loves me. And because God loves us, he said that is a joy to pay the debt for you so that you can be rescued. And yet that price costing his life. Christ died and shed his blood to pay for my sin and for your sin. He took all the weight of our sin somehow, and I can't comprehend how, but somehow Jesus Christ was able to pay the internal debt of my sin in in hell. He paid for it all because he loved me. And he paid for it all because he loves you. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 12 says, Neither by the blood of bulls and of goats, but by his own blood entered he in to the, uh, once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. By his blood, he entered in and redeemed us. He paid the price for us. The full payment was paid. We can be sure that when he's paid that full payment, if the payment is applied, it will be honored. The terrorist story that I alluded to at the beginning, there were some who paid the ransom for some of their friends. And it took a good long time before the terrorists finally let them go, even though they were paid the ransom. God doesn't work that way. As soon as the ransom is applied to your heart, instantly you are set free and and become a child of God and no longer bound to the chains of Satan. It's impossible to redeem ourselves. It's so sad. Multitudes upon multitudes of people in our world today, those who call themselves Christian and some who claim other things, are trying to do something to earn their merit, to be able to escape a bad end, whatever they want to call it. But they'll never succeed. We cannot pay for our own debt. That's like trying to, you know, for the Burnhams there in the middle of the jungle, for them to try to pay their own ransom. They didn't have any money, certainly not in the jungle. And they were so poor there in the jungle, there were times when they had absolutely nothing. They were starving. They were eating grass. They were eating old leather that they boiled and boiled to soften it up enough to give them something in their stomach. They were starving to death. They couldn't pay their own ransom. Absolutely impossible. Someone else had to do that if they were going to be ransomed that way. And so it is with us. You're never going to be able to pay the debt of your sin. I could never pay the debt of my sin. Jesus is the only one who can pay that huge debt. He's the only one that can set us free. First Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. Peter tells us, For as much, then, for as, much as you know that you're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition of your fathers. In other words, your, your empty way of life that you received from your fathers. But with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. 
He said, nothing you can do in this life. It's not with gold and silver that you have in this life. You can't buy it. You can't pay for it. You can't earn it. But with the precious blood of Christ. We sing the hymn called Blessed Redeemer. A couple of lines in that song say, Up Calvary's mountain one dreadful morn walked Christ my Savior weary and worn facing for sinners death on the cross that He might save them from endless loss. Blessed Redeemer, precious Redeemer, seems now I see Him on Calvary's tree wounded and bleeding for sinners pleading blind and unheeding Dying for me. Jesus redeemed us. He paid the debt in full for us. And bought us back. And set us free. What a wonderful thing. Jesus' redemption from the torment to come. But not only did He, Christ, redeem us from the terrorist. And from the torment. But he also redeemed us from the tyranny of Satan. Satan's tyranny enslaves us. By tyranny I mean his oppressive, harsh power. His controlling, demanding, harsh cruelty. Terrorists have a way of doing that. Satan, the king of all terrorists, is very cruel. He holds people bound to him, gets them addicted to substances, causes them to be cruel and mean and harsh and unkind and angry and bitter and hateful. We live in a world full of that. We're all all influenced by that. Satan has his grip on the multitudes. It's through faith in Jesus Christ that we can escape the eternal damnation, and this tyranny of Satan. John 3.36 says, He that believeth in the Son hath everlasting life. But he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Satan's tyranny seeks to control us and lead us in the wrong direction. We've all experienced this. You know, think about the times when you felt like you just couldn't stop doing something. Maybe it's a bad attitude. Maybe it's a a word you're trying to get rid of out of your vocabulary that you know doesn't please God. Maybe it's a a habit. Maybe it's just some your anger. Whatever it may be, there's all kinds of things that Satan puts on us and controls us with. We try and try to conquer it. But the reason we struggle is because Satan is acting like our master. Even if he's no longer our master, Satan still wants to pretend he is. And once Christ sets you free, and if you know Jesus is your Savior, you've been set free from the bondage of sin, but the, the, the ter- terrorist hasn't left. He's still there. He's still there trying to hold you, even though he doesn't have a grip on you anymore. He'll make it look like he does. He'll make it you think like he does. He'll make it seem like you cannot escape. But he's deceiving you. 
Satan has a powerful influence on unbelievers that uh, chains them. They can't escape. You know, sometimes you wonder, why do people do the things they do? It's because Satan's in control of them. They don't know that, but he is. He is in control of all who do not know Jesus Christ as his Savior. Many times he tries to do the same to Christians, though he has lost his grip. It'd be like walking through the jungle and meeting up with a lion that didn't have any teeth or claws, but you didn't know that. And you saw that lion, and he can growl and make all kinds of noise, and you will fearfully think you're going to be eaten any moment. But he's helpless. But he makes it sound like he's powerful. And so it is with Satan today. He, is, he works in our lives and tries to convince us that he's got control, and he really doesn't. But he tries to make us believe that. And Christ came to redeem us from that, to set us free from that. When a person trusts Christ for salvation, Christ's propitiation satisfies the wrath of God and redeems the sinner. The chains of sin are broken. We're no longer enslaved to Satan. We're set free. Satan's no longer in charge. He now has, the believer now has the Holy Spirit living in him to enable him to be victorious. Folks, listen, we know that to be true theologically. Most of you are aware of that. That if you know Jesus is your Savior, the Spirit of God lives in you. He is able to give you victory. And we'll say, yes, yes, he's able to do that. But yet, when we're right in the middle of it, we think, I couldn't help it. I couldn't do anything. I, I just, I had to give in because I was helpless. We're saying, the Spirit of God isn't really helping me. And if the Spirit of God is not there helping us, why not? Because we're not walking in the Spirit. He said, walk in the Spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You check that verse out. It actually has a double negative in the original language. Now, double negatives are bad English. But they're powerful Greek. A double negative in Greek means it, it is no way, no way possible that he can defeat you if you're walking in the Spirit. We do have the victory possibilities. And yet many times we fall. Many times we aren't living in victory. And it's because we're not yielding to him. Christ paid the debt. He set us free. Titus 2.14 says, Who, speaking of Christ, gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. He set us free and made us a peculiar people, not a weird people, but a different people, a people set apart for himself. That we might be zealous of good works, desires, passionate to do the right thing instead of the evil things. The believer can now choose to whom he will yield. You know, we need to study over in our own personal times. If you're struggling with victory, Study Romans 6 and 7. They're awesome verses. In Romans chapter 6, Paul tells us in verse number 16, Know ye not to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey? His servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. He says, you get to choose. I get to choose. Who is going to be my master? Whoever I obey. If I obey the devil... He'll act like my master. 
But if I obey the Spirit of God, He will guide me and protect me and keep me from evil. The choice is up to me. Now, before I came to know Christ, I didn't have much of a choice. I didn't have the Spirit of God living in me. Satan would come tell me, and I'd fall on my face. It's kind of helpless. That doesn't mean that all unbelievers are as bad as they could be. That all unbelievers always sinful, do sinful, wicked, rotten things. But they don't have God there to help them. But you do, if you know Christ, you have the Spirit of God living in you to give you strength, to give you power, to give you victory, if you'll lean upon Him. But we've got to turn to God. That's why He says, walk in the Spirit. That literally means to walk hand in hand with Him, in harmony with Him. How do you do that? Well, you've got to be right with Him to begin with. I mean, the Bible tells us if we have sin in our heart, God's not going to even listen to us. So we've got to make sure there's nothing between my soul and the Savior. We've got to make sure that I'm walking in harmony with God. There's, I'm doing what is right. I'm not disobeying God to anything I know, you know, the Scriptures say. And I'm trying to obey God, and my heart's desire is to do what God wants. Then God says, the Spirit of God will help me. He'll strengthen me. But many times we don't face things like that. Sin will always be tempting. But you get to choose. You get to choose. The Apostle Paul described this, his struggle with sin in Romans 7. In verse number 19, he says, For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. And he was expressing his frustration with this. And Paul ends the discussion with these encouraging words down in verse 24 and 25. He says, Oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. What did he mean by that? He's saying, God, Jesus Christ can set me free. And if I yield to him and follow him, I will have victory. If I yield to my flesh, I'm going to fall on my face. We've got to make a choice. But we have been set free. We are redeemed. Not only redeemed from the damnation of hell, but redeemed from the power of Satan right now. We can have victory. And folks, you can have a victorious life. If you'll yield to the Lord. The key is walking in the Spirit and depending on Him for victory. That's where the key is. You can do it. You need to trust God. So we wrap this up. The propitiation, the propitiating ransom that can redeem your soul from hell and from the tyranny of the devil. Is nothing but the blood of Jesus. Sometimes we sing that song. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. That's exactly what redemption is all about. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. If you have not yet received that payment from Christ, you need to. He can redeem you from the terrorist. He can redeem you from the torment of hell and he can redeem you from the tyranny of the devil 
His dominating control. He can redeem you from that. And it needs to be applied to your account. You know, the, the payment, the ransom payment has already been made. Jesus Christ, 2,000 years ago, paid with his own blood and said the ransom is paid. Now it has to be delivered. And once it is received by God the Father, on my account, my account's clear. It's paid for in full. I'm set free. And so it is for you. When you turn to Jesus Christ and admit your sin and you cry out to God and say, God, I am guilty, would you please forgive me and save my soul and give me eternal life? Just like that, God said, the payment is applied to your account. You're washed clean. You're set free. You're no longer enslaved by Satan. You are a new creature in Christ. There's a wonderful truth. And he offers it to all. But you have to choose. Many of you have already chosen. Some of you have not. If you've not yet chosen to receive Christ, I urge you to do that today and experience His redemption. Probably one of the most, without any question, the most exciting day of the Burnhams was that last day. Gracia and Martin had talked many times And they had said their goodbyes to each other many times because they knew that at any moment they could be shot dead. They knew that at any moment they could lose their life. And so when the the end happened, Martin was killed. Gracia was wounded. She lied there as if she was dead so that no one would think she was alive until the gun battle ended and she was rescued. She was set free. The payment hadn't been paid in full, but she had been rescued by the military. But Jesus Christ is the only one that can rescue your soul. If you've not received his payment, you need to. If you have, then Christian friend, I want you today to begin to thank God for what he's done for you. Thank him for that propitiation that paid the debt in full with the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you that not only did he pay the debt, but then he turned and offered to apply it to you as the ransom payment that would set you free. Thank him for that. The whole purpose of me preaching through this little series on the marvels of salvation is to help us as believers to have a greater appreciation for what Jesus Christ has done for us. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. We need to thank him for it.